Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren, and you can find Union Street Hoops all over the Information Superhighway, including Apple Pods, Google Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud, Omni, and of course the award-winning NWI.com. We're on Stitcher as well, so that's exciting. And you can find me on Twitter again at NWI Oren, where I'm very depressed about the Milwaukee Brewers losing and getting knocked out. But the boys of summer are gone, and it's time for the kings of the hard court. And when we talk about them, we talk with Todd Eikow. Todd, thank you for joining for the annual Over Under episode. <laughs> okay. I, I would like to point out number one, great to be here, Paul. Um, number two, Paul, as always, has given me no heads up on any of the categories. I'm not um, Adam Schefter. I don't yeah. give full reports of what I'm going to do before I publish it. Um, yeah, so I, I have no idea which way we're going with any of the players. And we've brought in so many new players that uh, a lot of it is a mystery right now. Um, I guess the, the only thing that we know at this point is, in fact, who the starters will be. That seems to be no secret at this point. Anybody uh, who's been out to practice has seen it's pretty clear who the who the top five players are right now, who will start come, uh, well, we're just a few weeks away from opening day. Well, this is great because, Todd, I haven't been out to practice. I don't know who the starters are going to okay, be. Okay, good. I haven't been a great reporter about this. Uh, part of that has just been life and, and all of that. but uh, And also it's been me hanging on every pitch of the Milwaukee Brewers. And now they're done. It's football season, but more importantly, it's basketball season. Right. Uh, we're going to go player by player in numeric order. As we said, or as you said, I've given you no heads up whatsoever. And I really had no heads up as I tried to set these lines because I don't know what some of these guys are good at. I don't know what the rotation's going to be. I think there's some questions there. We've got players. Do you want? Do you want me, should we run down the rotation first? Do you want to? You want to do that, Paul? Is that will that help? Uh, no, I mean I think I have an idea. Okay, I, I, actually, as we go through each player, we can say starter or rotational player or fighting for minutes. Yeah, okay. I think we can do that. I okay. think we can do that. Or possible so, redshirt. Which is, that which, was some information that did not occur to me when we were talking about a, one player. So, okay. okay, let's get right into it. Uh, number zero off the bat, a guy that I think we're both really excited about, Thomas Kithier, starter, right? Correct. Correct. Yes, For this sure. guy's going to be a starter. For sure. He should be excellent. Um, I, I I wanted to, I think he's going to play close to the basket the entire time, although I know that he can float out and he can hit some shots. But yep. I've watched him in practice at some open gyms. This guy is a machine inside. So to me, I think he's going to be someone who's going to clean up a lot of a lot of uh, uh, misses on the other side, maybe both for sides. Sure, for sure. Um, I set it at 5.2 rebounds per game. Okay. Now, he averaged 3.2 in Mich- at Michigan State when he was a sophomore and 2.5 last year in some kind of sporadic minutes. I think he'll see more minutes here, yeah. but I also think that, you know, I mean, even some of the best rebounders at Valpo over the last couple of years have struggled sure. to hit six. So I set it at 5.2 rebounds per game. Uh, definitely feel over. Uh, I think he'll play 31, 32 minutes a game. Uh, great. Here's a guy who plays with a real high motor. Really, really skilled guy, which people who watch Michigan State probably didn't see that much of it. Uh, one reason why he wanted to leave Michigan State was he felt like he wasn't really given the opportunity to show what he can do 
Uh, wasn't given the opportunity really to score. There weren't set plays run for him. There's going to be a lot of set plays run for Thomas Kithier. I think you're going to see Valpo run a lot of high-low action with Ben Cricky getting the ball, uh, free throw line, free throw line extended. Kithier ceiling is really good. He's, he actually plays a lot like uh, Timmy from, from Gonzaga, uh, where he will seal his man and really knows how to finish and plays with that high motor, can actually take you off the dribble, can catch at the top of the key, one dribble, get to the basket. Uh, he can make the mid-range shot. He can shoot all the way out to three. Uh, I actually voted him second-team all-conference. That's how highly I thought of what I've seen from Thomas Kithier, a guy who, for a couple of years, was a spot starter at Michigan State, uh, a perennial powerhouse program. Uh, this was a huge pickup for Valpo. Uh, for those who are listening who haven't had the chance to meet him, as absolute quality a gentleman yeah. as you will find. I mean, right top of the line, uh, when you look at Valpo basketball players over the last 30 years, from a personality standpoint, uh, from a, just kind of as you as you talk to him, you feel like, wow, this is a real genuine person. Uh, he's been doing stats at the football and volleyball matches uh, throughout the, the course of the last few weeks as well. Just looking to help out wherever he can be. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he was their leading scorer and leading rebounder. That's how highly I think of Thomas Kithier. But definitely go over the five point two. So I want to, um, I you know, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of reverse set the lines a little bit here because I haven't really discussed these with you. Yeah. So what what would be more of like if you were taking action on this, would you bump it up to six point eight? Yeah, somewhere around of? there. Yeah, yeah, I probably would. Now I'm influencing everybody, and now everybody's listening is going to take the over. Uh, but if he doesn't have average at least six rebounds a game, I'd be I'd be really surprised. That's a higher number than you know we're used to seeing. We haven't had many Valpo. But you got to go back to like Alec Peters, somebody yeah. who who you know clearly five point two. That's a joke. You know he'll you know he'll end up with way more than that, which he, of course he did. Um, I think Kithier probably averaged probably around seven seven rebounds a game. I could see him being about fifteen point seven rebounds a game. That's 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 what I expect him to average in this upcoming season. All right, uh, we are going to move now to a freshman from Milwaukee, yeah. uh, Cam Pelesi, I believe is how you pronounce his mm-hmm. last name. Um, I think this is a guy that's going to be on the, uh, maybe in the fringe of the rotation, not quite, you know, because there's just a lot, right? You've got Trevor Anderson, yeah. you've got Darius Diavario, mm-hmm. I think, and then Cam Pelesi. Um, so I don't, I didn't know how many minutes Cam was going to get. Uh, I, I think a lot of times Valpo's brought in younger guys, younger point guards who all of a sudden have gotten more minutes their freshman year than maybe we thought out. I think of Saki, I think Alexis Williams. I even think of a guy like Tommy Kurth, these guys who came in as freshmen and just things broke a certain way. So he, they did get more minutes. Uh, that said, uh, he's a freshman. I've got 1.1 assist to turnover ratio. Okay, interesting. Daniel Sackey was 1.08 as a freshman. So I yeah, thought. So we're not looking at how many minutes he we're will play. We're not looking at how many minutes. Because we're looking at how productive he's going to be when he's on the court. Will he have slightly more assists to turnovers as a freshman? It's a challenge to come in to go to the next level. Will he be a 1.1 assist to turnover ratio over or under? Yeah, let's let's start with this. Um, he's really going to be fighting for minutes, and 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 some of these freshmen could redshirt. Uh, it would not be out of the realm of possibility. You have so many upperclassmen who clearly are going to be demanding minutes. Uh, plus, you can play the one. I, I think maybe they're looking at more as a two, which is very crowded there, where Sheldon Edwards is going to play huge minutes for sure. 
You still have Aaron Gordon, who's going to play minutes at the two, and Connor Barrett, who's going to play minutes at the two. Guy who all played minutes at the two last year. Um, he could redshirt. And then I guess do we throw it all out? Is it do is it a wash? And yeah, I, and yeah, I'm man. not saying this off knowledge that one of the coaches is saying, "Hey, we may redshirt him." I just get the feeling um, that some of the freshmen are going to be talked to about possibly redshirting. Um, Palessi, I mean, that's not a tough number to be honest with you. If you're only playing like, let's say he's only ends up playing late in the game in blowout situations, um, we'll go over. Uh, just because he could end up the season with like nine assists and six turnovers or something like that. Um, he's really going to be fighting for minutes. I don't really see where the minutes are going to come from, to be candid, with Cam Palessi, who may end up being a, a very good player down the road. And again, he may end up redshirting, so we'll see. All right. We're going to shift to a guy that I also think is going to be a really interesting conversation about minutes because here's a freshman last year who came in didn't even sniff the rotation in the opening games against against Vanderbilt. And three games later, the guy was a starter. Connor Barrett um, played a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. I thought was a really important piece of a team that obviously struggled a lot last year. And then when he got hurt, I, I think that really hurt them because he was a guy who could who could hit the three. And I just liked his he's a gritty kind of I don't know if we can say gritty anymore because that was kind of a tagline from a couple of years ago, but I really liked watching Connor Barrett play. He and, and so, but he's a three-point guy. He shot 39.7% from the three-point line last year. I'm bumping that up to 40.5% from yeah. the three-point line as an over-under. Okay. I'm gonna go under. It's just a big number. Nothing against Connor Barrett. Uh who and here's the thing that's gonna be challenging, I think. When you look at what they've brought in and you look at that position right now, it's going to be interesting how that shakes out. Connor Barrett may not get as many minutes as he got last year. I don't know. Uh, I guess a lot will depend on Connor Barrett, how, how he's playing, how he's shooting. Uh, he really can stretch the defense, obviously. He's, he's, a, he's a marksman. Um, but you look at the rotation right now, and we haven't really got into that that much. Um, but he will be fighting for minutes. And when you're fighting for minutes, um, sometimes you come in and you know you're only going to have maybe three or four minutes here. It's unlike last year where he really started to get extended minutes. And again, if he shoots like he did, if he's shooting 40%, he'll get more minutes. They'll find, they'll find ways for him to get minutes. I think it's a big number. And nothing against Connor Barrett, who certainly is a very, very good shooter and capable. But we'll go slightly under the 40 point. Seventh, 40.5. 40.5. We'll go under 40.5 for Connor Barrett. Um, and again, we're going to go kind of quickly through some of these players. I do like how we're kind of talking about each one. Darius Diavario, which I th- again, I think is how you say his yeah. last name. Here is a guy who, uh, you know, one assistant coach told me that there was a chance that he could have come in at semester last year because they weren't playing up there or whatever. And had he come in last year, would have gotten immediate, immediate Minutes. playing time. Now, you've added Trevor Anderson to the mix, who I think will be the starting point guard of the team. Um, I would, but that begs the question of me: How good is this freshman Darius? And so I, I think I set it high now, thinking again where minutes okay. might come from. I said one point eight assists per game. Ooh, that's a big, that's a pretty big number for a guy who will not be a starter. Uh, I was, you know, sometimes. I think in my mind as you go through these guys before we even talk about it, but I'm thinking in my mind as you're 
ready to bring up a player. Boy, I'm really high on uh, Diavario. Um, he's looked really good in practice. He's shown he's belonged. He's the son of a coach. He's mature. Uh, he's going to earn minutes as a freshman. He'll play some minutes with Trevor Anderson. There will be times where Darius is playing the point and Trevor Anderson's playing the two. Um, the, I said some freshman red shirt. This is not one of them. Okay. Let's be very, very clear about that. And he clearly is a rotational player. Uh, he will be in early off the bench. He may see as many bench minutes as anybody. Um, 1.8 assists. I'm going to go over. Um, yeah, so it's only it's, it's less than two assists per game. Yeah, yeah. But again, he. What if he's only playing 14 minutes a game, and then it, then it becomes a little bit harder. We'll go over the 1.8 assists for the really good looking point guard from Canada, Darius Diavario. I want to. This is maybe one of my favorite newcomers, Keandre Slim Young. Uh, for those who don't know, his nickname is Slim. He goes by Slim quite often. Um, I think this is another guy that there is some question of like an embarrassment of riches now on the team because obviously that you look at this guy and this is a guy that you want out there, but you also look at this guy and think, do you want to sit him for a year and let you know? Wow, let the, let the, the situation play out before before you even. Get to the number. I can tell you this: of all the players, he's the biggest mystery as to what's going to happen. Is he talented enough to see playing time? Yes. They had a scrimmage this past Saturday. He was one of the best players on the court. Um, he played very well. I think he had seven baskets, uh, from what I hear. I didn't get the exact numbers, but some somewhere around there, playing kind of on the B team. They, they went with an A team. The guys who are going to probably start. And then he started on, on what would be like, the, you know, the, the number two unit and was perhaps the best player on that number two unit in the game on Saturday. And there's in their scrimmage, they had officials and everything. Um, so before you get to the number, he's a mystery because you brought up something which is really important. He's still slim and he yeah. needs to maybe put on a few pounds and he needs to mature as a player and and all the things that you say about freshmen and, and the great programs that are most similar to Valpo, like as Butler was throughout the years, uh, as Gonzaga has been throughout the past maybe 20 years, one thing they do is they will bring in very talented freshmen, and they'll sit them. And those guys end up being, uh, you know, at some point in their time, four-year juniors and fifth-year seniors, and end up being great players and benefit from sitting and benefit from getting the extra year. And I have no knowledge at all that Keandre Young is going to redshirt. But if they did, it would be understandable. Now, Paul, the number. 6.8 points per game. Yeah. Okay. Ben Cricky averaged 6.7 as yeah. a freshman coming off the bench. And if Keandre is playing, I imagine he's going to be in a reserve role in the rotation. And so I figured 6.8 points was, you know, yeah. may, may, maybe oh, he's some, capable. Games, some games he catches fire and goes for 14 or 15, some other games that he – just he doesn't really get a lot of shots and goes for two or three. So I th- figured 6.8 was a... And he was a high scorer in high school, and yep. he had the big state tournament, and he can step out and make the three-point shot. He's got extended range. He's he's really an interesting player um, because you look at him with that length, and you think, well, this guy's a slasher and the athleticism and the great... He was a, a guy who high-jumped, what, 6.8 six, or something yeah. like that in yeah. high school. Um 
And if he red shirts, it's a complete wash. Is that correct? Yes. yes. The red shirt would be zero, and it would yes, not be under. Yes. Um, I'll still go under, um, but he's a super talented player who's going to be a great player for Valpo down the road. It just may not be this year, but enough uh, where I'm, I'm thinking about it, 6.8, um, but I just don't think, I don't see him getting enough playing time, especially when Kobe King gets eligible in second semester. That'll be the last player that we go to. I'm excited yeah. about the Kobe King line. All right, Aaron Gordon. First of all, is he a starter? He will not start. Um, definitely a rotational player. Um, some similarities to where he's been over the last couple of years. Although he has started some in, in, in uh, each of his first or his two years at Valpo. He's a six-year guy. Uh, he brings that veteran presence. He's a leader. Um, as you know, Paul, as quality a guy you'll yeah. find on the team. Um, and... If Aaron Gordon only ends up playing 12 minutes a game this year, uh, he'll be a great teammate. So I think Valpo's got 33 games scheduled. I think that's where we're at. Okay. I have set the line at Aaron Gordon, five and a half games of 10 or more points. He had eight of them last year. Okay. He had six in the span of seven games. He caught fire. Right, he did. There was that stretch where... He was the most important guy on the floor for them. Yeah. Um, and so not really knowing kind of, and, and and we know that injuries happen, and we also know that Aaron has kind of been a guy that when the chips are down, his experience and age and leadership yeah. and maturity are going to rise to the top. And and when Valpo has had these long stretches of not being able to score, it's sometimes been a guy like Aaron who has, has jump-started. He can make shots. Bit. He can make shots. That's a great number. 5.5. Five and a half games of double 10 digits. or more points in double digits, yes. Big question. Is Aaron Gordon going to play 10 minutes a game? And Connor Barrett going to play 18 minutes a game? Or is Connor Barrett going to play 10 minutes a game and Aaron Gordon's going to play 18 minutes a game? Um, you know, if Aaron Gordon only plays 10, 11, 12 minutes a game, which is a possibility, uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's a definite possibility, something to consider. And it's going to be tough to get double digits six times. Um, and you've got other guys who are going to take a lot of shots. I mean, Sheldon Edwards is going to be a high-volume shooter. Trevor Anderson, high-volume shooter. Ben Cricky, high-volume shooter. Kevion Taylor, high-volume shooter. Uh, Kithier, as we've already touched on, a lot of chances. I'm going to go under on Aaron Gordon, but could see it as a definite possibility. And the other thing is, if there's an injury, and Aaron Gordon suddenly becomes a starter, because you can plug him in at different positions, uh, then for sure he's going to end up over. And I and I factored that in sure. a little bit. And as normally, originally I was thinking maybe like three point five, but I thought you know what, there's it's a long season. There's going to be yeah. thirty three games. And all right, I'm on I'm on record as saying under five point five for Aaron Gordon. Yes, you okay. are on record. Okay. okay. Uh, I think this one could be an incomplete. Um, I, I struggled with a meal of what to do. I know that he has been. Again, hampered by a uh, kind of a foot injury, I think. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen I've, the t- a couple times I have been at the arc. He's been in a walking boot. Um, I don't even I don't know his long term status. You know, having not sat down with Matt for season preview interviews or anything like that. Um, so I was just kind of conservative, even even thinking about this. And I, I've tried a couple of years ago to move away from minutes played or anything like that. Sure. Uh, so I went three and a half blocks on the year. He wow. Had, he had four his <laughs> first year. 
Okay. And he didn't have any last year because he only played in two games. Yeah. Um, so even if he plays, and he played 106 minutes his freshman year. Um, right. So three and a half blocks on the season for a meal. Wow. Uh, I mean, he's going to get some mop-up minutes. We, there, but is there, he there, healthy there, enough to get those yeah, minutes right now? That's great, the question. Great call because the games that he would play would be games early on. The, the Trinity game. Game against East West, which I thought was the Shrine Bowl, <laughs> as far as I knew. Um, I'm going to go over. I like, is he going to get on the court? Uh, if he does, at some He's point. He's going to get on the court against much smaller guys right, at the beginning. Right, right. So I'll bank on the fact that maybe Emil will get a chance in, in those games to get on the court. Um, I was going to try to do like a, I like mean, a it's comparison. Sim- it's simply this if he ends up playing. I mean, four blocks is nothing for a seven-footer. Um, and even when we get down to conference play, will, will there be some games where it's a blowout and all you know, all the reserves get in late in the game and, and maybe pick up one or two in one of those games? Well, if uh, it was easy, Todd, everybody would do it. That's yes. why I set the lines and I asked you to, to bet good. on them. It's good. Okay, I'm, right. I'm going over. Okay, Kevion Taylor. Okay. Starter, right? For sure. Look yeah. at this. This guy comes in, D2, right? And they're going to yeah. put him right in in the starting lineup. I, I think before we go any further, and some people might be confused about this, is Division Two basketball um, consists of scholarship players. These are not like, I don't want to like pick on anybody, but like, you know, we've seen the Purdue Cal's Purdue Northwest come into the arc. IU Kokomo. Those are not scholarship basketball players. Yeah. Um, and the conference that Winona State is in really is is a conference in which would be better than a lot of the leagues that are Division One. Believe it or not, a lot you know better than the SWAC, better than the Southland. I think on par with uh, maybe the Summit. Um, so it's not like he was playing against. IU Kokomo and IU Northwest and all those schools in recent years. Those That was not the quality of competition. Remember Valpo had another player from this conference many years ago, um, Dwayne Totley, who showed, who showed that he could come right in and fit in. And Kevion Taylor has been perhaps the most consistent score and practices for Valpo over the last month. Um and has a big, athletic, strong, long body who can flat out stroke it. Um, and he's he's 24 years old, maybe. Is he 24? I, I, I 23, so. so. 23 minimum. 23 years old. So here's a guy who's going to come in and is going to see big minutes. What do you got? Nine and a half points per game. Yeah. Be shocked if it's not over. Okay. Absolutely shocked if Kevion Taylor doesn't average Double digits. Uh, I've already a record saying Thomas Kithier is going to average 15 points a game. I think probably not 15 points a game for Kevion Taylor. 12 and a half. For so, somewhere around there, yes. yes. So he averaged 20 and a half last year. Yeah. And, so I, and again, I, before we go any further, 20 and a half in a league which is would be comparable to many of the Division One conferences. Um, not, the, not as good as the Valley. But many of the other conferences. He, he, he I've watched him. He's excellent. Um, 
you know, is he going to be excellent for 33 games, yeah. night in and night out? Um, that's where I, I kind of trended down a little bit. I had originally kind of thought 11 and a half. I thought that yeah. might be. Uh, I'd probably go over 11 and a half. So over nine and a half. Again, I'm influencing the yeah, voters yeah, here. Yeah, of course. Well, that's, yes, yes. Um, uh, I, I'm really But excited. I often am wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if we went back and we uh, we looked at uh, how optimistic you are in October. Sure. Um, yeah. no, no doubt. Always more overs than unders. Yes, yes. Okay, here's a fun one. Sheldon Edwards. Yes. For Junior. those who, Sheldon Edwards Jr., yes, yes, thank you. For those who <laughs> don't follow Sheldon on social media, this yeah. guy posts videos of him dunking nonstop. Two in the morning, he's in the arc on Instagram. Is he dunking at two in the morning? Yes. Okay. Who's shooting those videos? He sets his camera up. It's fantastic. He's got a whole thing. This guy, he is really, really big into it. There were a lot of different areas I could have gone with Sheldon. I could have gone okay. with how many games he starts. I could have gone with, um, you know, how many, uh, how many, you know, points he does, anything like that. Um, he's a starter. For right? sure. Okay. Um, I went with six and a half dunks on the season. Okay. He had three last year. Yeah. Now, it was uh, only 28 games last yes. year, and he was a freshman, and yes. he was out of the rotation for a while there when he, things didn't go his way. Right. Um, and while six and a half dunks does seem easy, it also is, you know, how often are you going to be able to get a breakaway in a situation sure. like that? So I, I, I thought six and a half dunks for the guy that, that has probably posted six and a half videos of him dunking yeah, this awesome. week is the number that I went with. All right, well, let's start with this. Uh, big jump forward from freshman year to sophomore year, I think, for Sheldon. I thought by the end of the year, obviously, he was one of Alpo's best players. That game against Drake was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, the big game against Bradley, the big the, the Brad, Bradley, yeah, yes, yeah. excuse me, Bradley. Um, well, I'll probably get at least five dunks on the home run balls. So, so let's start with that. <laughs> let's let's. I I think I think uh, when the home run ball when the lineup is set for the home run ball, it's going to be Sheldon going deep. Um, so I'm going to go over six and a half dunks now that. He's the home run ball recipient Man, here in this I, upcoming season. So there's another over under later on that now I've got to completely blow up the line because of what you just said. No, so. no, no, don't blow it up. I'm just just spitfiring here. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go over six and a half dunks. Okay. Good. He's going to see significantly more playing time. Uh, I think Valpo's going to play more up tempo. They're going to run more uh, sets where he's maybe get a backdoor cut or so. Uh, we know there's always the chance he's going to get in the passing lane and get one of those breakaway dunks. Seven would be a lot of dunks for a guard, but we're going to go with over. Okay. Okay. Trevor Anderson, the architect of the uh, of of the of the. What, what 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 do you think about that? By the way, we did this story over the summer yeah. of Trevor being the guy that kind of uh, uh, was was the puppet string puller of getting a lot of these guys <laughs> together. Is that more urban legend? Do you think there's some truth to that? Um, yeah, there's truth to it, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Anderson. Good, I wrote it, so I'm glad there's truth to it. Trevor Anderson was Valpo's best offseason recruiter. Um, here's a guy who had actually tinkered with coming to Valpo a year earlier. So he was familiar with the coaching staff. Uh, he's loved it at Valpo. Uh, similar to Kithier, he's kind of gone from a big school where there was like not that family-type atmosphere and I'm not talking about the players. I mean, just family-type atmosphere that you get from walking around the Valpo campus, from seeing, like, the football team at the volleyball matches, uh, from seeing the basketball team at the football games. Um, that's stuff that doesn't go on in a lot of other places, by the way, at bigger schools. 
Um, so he's embraced that. Um, remember, he started at Green Bay um, and maybe wishes like he never went to Wisconsin, even though he was a rotational player for three years at yeah. Wisconsin. Um, great. Well, he, got hurt. he got hurt at Green Bay, I think. Um, yeah. Went to Wisconsin, didn't get healthy right away. But, I mean, you know, I, I will tell you this, as a kid from Wisconsin myself, um, if, if you had told me that I was talented enough to go be a rotation guy at Wisconsin, yeah, even if I was a starter at a Green Bay or a yeah. UWM or something like that. Uh, we we got we to gotta speed it up a little bit here. I've, I've set it at 32.5 three-pointers. 32.5 will go over. So basically won a game, right? So he made 35 yeah. his first year at Green Bay. Yeah. He then made 21 in three years at Wisconsin. Right. I know he's going to play more. Different. Different. Not only will he play more, he'll be asked to, to score more. Um, and that was the other thing. Another guy who leaves a big school, not because he wasn't playing, but because basically he was there to pass the ball, uh, play defense, uh, kind of at times come off the bench and run the offense, um, for sure over the 33? 32.5. So basically one again. 32.5, yeah. Okay. We'll go over on the threes for Trevor Anderson. Okay, very good. Um, The guy who is uh, maybe the, I mean, the top returner, and I really, it's I think it's interesting to kind of see you. You saw a guy like Cricky, who as a freshman, uh, you saw that it was all there, all the talent there. Uh, had some guys ahead of him. He, you know, he came off the bench for every game but one last year. Suddenly, now uh, was was kind of the the, the Step key forward. player of the team, uh, and you would imagine he's going to continue to be so. Right. And and uh, you know, as I sit here and I try to think of like, well, who's the best player on the team? Cricky has been around the longest and is a guy that you kind of feel like. Sure. Has maybe earned that right. Now sure. he's been partnered with a lot of really talented guys around him. Um, I guess first of all, before I give you the number, your thoughts on the maturation of Ben Cricky and what you expect to see from him. Well, this one year. thing that was clear was he took the the step forward you want freshman year to sophomore year. Uh, became more authoritarian, uh, more of a score. Um, worked hard defensively. Uh, I think kind of expanded his game in many different ways and that's because of how hard he works so when you see a guy who's in the gym as much as he is who works as hard on his game who wants to get better as much as he does you assume each year he's going to take a progression forward um and from a ben cricky standpoint could be a huge year 53 and a half percent field goal percentage wow that's a big number he was 55 yeah. percent as a freshman yeah. in limited minutes right with more time last year, he was 51.9. Okay. Now he's got Thomas Kithier next to him, who I don't think is going to want to float out and play guard the entire time. Yeah. He's going to be inside with him. So I thought 53 and a half. To, but, but, but this also because of Kithier, that might push Cricky out a little bit more, and yeah. so he'd be taking they're, less high percentage sure. shots. Sure, they're going to work together on a lot of different sets, um, kind of screen for the screener type stuff and – and high-low action, and uh, some some two-man big boy basketball, give-and-goes even between the two. Uh, Ben's going to get a lot of high-percentage shots. Uh, we know how confident he is shooting the basketball, that mid-range shot. Um, and also, one thing that might happen is there will be a lot of games where the, the big, physical, strong, good defender is on Kithier, and Cricky may be able to take advantage of that. I'm going to go over. I think it's a big number. 
uh, over 53 and a half percent. We'll go over for Ben Cricky and field goal percentage, which is a big number, but we're going to go over. When I was setting these lines, that was the first one that I set. And you know, I mean, I kind of stared at a blank screen for a while. I was like, I have yeah. no idea how I'm going to do this. And uh, that was the first one that I set. And I said, you okay. know what? I like this number. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the last ones that I set was from, I know you've talked, you've, you've praised Kithier, you've praised Kevion Taylor. Um, I think for my money, it's it, the little bit that I've gotten to know him. Joe Hedstrom has, he's already in the pantheon of my favorite yes. Valpo players yes. ever. Big Joe. Big Joe is, I I get excited about life being around Joe. And for people who haven't met him yet, if you get a chance to come out to the games, go spend 30 seconds with Joe Hedstrom. You'll love life more. <laughs> I'll just say that. I love this. Sounds kid. like Tim Tebow talk. Yes, um, he's amazing. He's a great guy. He's just got a fun outlook on life. By the way, know? he he looks like a giant. He he's, uh, he's massive. massive. Yeah, he's massive. He's a legit seven one with big shoulders. Uh, you can see why he was at Wisconsin. Uh, wasn't healthy for times there, but is talented. And of course. For those who follow Big Ten basketball, Wisconsin has had great bigs in the last few years. He never really got an opportunity. He's super, super talented for our level. He's going to clearly be a rotational player. And so that is the question of, of you know, I know that there's he's, he's a big guy who has to take care of a big body. And so health can be an issue. He's never, you know, even yeah. here. It, he hasn't it, been healthy here. He hasn't been healthy yet. Um it takes him a long, he almost maybe like a Kevin Van Vyke in that it takes him a long time to get ready for practice. And then when he's there, he can only really do limited amounts. Yeah, he is practicing though now. Yeah. 0. 0.5 three-pointers on the season. So he needs to hit a three-pointer. He made his only attempt last year. It was against Louisville. He somehow find himself wide open, and he said he looked at the ball and he took the shot, and it went in. Um, again, not knowing where he's going to be, uh, you know, how yeah. much he's going to play, I thought, let's have some fun with Big Joe and set it All at right, 0. I'll, 0.5. I'll go, I'll, I'll go over. I, I never. <laughs> if, if if you didn't tell me he had made a three last year, I would have said under. You know, Kithier's never hit one in college. Yeah, he will. Yeah. By the way, uh, he's made plenty in practice. Headstrom, okay, fine. <laughs> one three-pointer somewhere along the way. Perhaps against East West Shrine, he's going to find himself open and he's going to knock, they'll let him take it and he'll knock down a three. Admittedly, I punted on this category. If you were looking at Headstrom, what would be an interesting category and number that you would look Maybe at? Maybe something like 16 blocks or somewhere okay. around there. Um, yeah, blocks would be a good one. Um, yeah, it, it just, I, I not knowing games where played the health because is. of the, 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 yeah, the, the yeah. injury somewhere like there. Um, but. I would hate to say games played, and then then the people who are under are saying, "Well, if he gets injured, yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, but but good, it was good. That was good. All right, we got two more to go. Okay, uh, this was the last one that I did. Okay, because I have completely no idea okay. about Trey Woodyard. Okay, no idea if he's going to play. Um, is he another version of Connor Barrett? I don't know. I haven't seen Trey a lot in in uh, in practice. Um, so he's. Trey Woodyard, he's yeah. number 33. Okay. So I went 
just not no, any knowledge whatsoever. I went 33.3% on three-point shots because Trey Woodyard, number 33. <laughs> I had wow. no idea. I don't know anything about Trey Woodyard in terms um, of what to expect from him this season. Uh, he can make three-point shots. I, I mean, I know that. He can make threes. Um, how many opportunities will he get? I don't know. And another guy who could redshirt, could be in the rotation, talented enough to be in the rotation. Um, uh, I know when Valpo signed him, uh, our mutual friend uh, Jake Diebler reached out to me to say, Valpo got a really good player. He's from Ohio. Uh, Jake now at Ohio State. They actually looked at him. So here's a guy who at least was looked at by Ohio State as a potential recruit. Um, I guess I'll say under. Um, just don't know if he'll get an, a lot of opportunities, and if, if he's only shooting uh, maybe one a game, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, I'll root that I'm wrong here, but we'll go under the uh, 33.3% on threes for Trey Woodyard, who's a guy that I think the Valpo fans are really going to like as, as the years go on. And by next year, I think we'll be seeing significant playing time. This year, I'm not sure what, it, what will end up for Trey. Yeah, again, and again, he could write shirt. Setting setting these lines and really even just looking at the roster, it was so hard because you just really don't know what to expect from a lot of these guys. Sure. And, and, and even though if you know what things are going to be lo- looking like. Okay, so we've gone through all but one. Okay. And the one that we haven't gone through is Kobe King, who I believe is going to have to miss some time. I'm told nine the, games. Nine games, okay. So... As the season starts, we've talked about starting lineup, right? Kithier, Cricky, Edwards, Anderson, and Taylor, right? Correct. Okay. When Kobe King is eligible, I'm just going to throw the, the number out there right away. My over-under for him is, is, is it's in a vacuum. 19 and a half minutes in his first game eligible for Valpo is my okay. over-under for Kobe good. King. That's good. Keith Carter slid right into the starting lineup in 2013 and played 18 minutes his first game. It was against Southeastern, I believe. Levante Doherty came off the bench in his first game against Missouri State in 2012 and played, played really well. Played 24 game, minutes yeah, sure. and scored 20 points. It, it Kobe King is a guy who and 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 you know again like Keith and Levante I think had both been in the program for a bit longer than Kobe had because they were mid-year enrollees who mm-hmm. then went through an entire second half and an off-season yeah. and all of that. Of course, Keith Keith didn't practice at all during that off-season because he was injured, yeah. even yeah. though St. Louis said he never had an injury. Uh, That's a whole other story. A whole other yes. story, yes. Um, and then when he did play, he was fouled against Maryland, but that is also a whole yeah, other story. different story, too. Yeah, it's Kobe point. King has the name recognition, right? The guy is was a Excellent player at Wisconsin. It's a guy that Valpo went after in the early recruiting. I know Baylor looked at Kobe King for a while. Um, where does Kobe King immediately slot in? And is he going to play 19 and a half? I don't even know what the first game would yeah, be. Yeah, well, obviously I've counted it up now. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. It's against East West University. Oh, okay, first D1 game. Okay. Let's go first That's great. Division one game, That's 19 great. and a half Thank minutes. Thank you. That'd be Charlotte. Uh, at the arc, I'm going to go over. Uh, he'll be one of the most talented players on the team, if not the most talented player on the team. Um, and although you'll have those five guys who are set, who's going to be the sixth man? I think when Kobe King comes, he'll be the sixth man. And if there's an injury in any position, 
Because he can play this. almost any position. Well, I mean, that's the thing. The only position in which, if there's an injury, that's not going to elevate Kobe into the starting lineup is the point guard spot. The other four positions, if there's an injury, he can slot in because you can move the pieces around. Kevion Taylor can play the three or the four. Cricky can play the four or the five. Sheldon Edwards can play the two or the three. So you can move Kobe King into the position that's of need, no matter what the injury is. So we're saying if there's an injury, well, then he'll be starting and probably playing huge minutes. And even if not, sixth man at that point. And as people will see, a guy who averaged double digits in the Big Ten is going to fit right in to the Missouri Valley Conference and be a high-volume score. So we're going over... He'll play at least 20 minutes in that game against Charlotte. We're throwing out the East-West Yeah, game. we're throwing out the East-West and, and if somehow the NCAA says, no, no, he can't start until the end of the year, uh, that would be Illinois State uh, January 2nd. But all indications are that Kobe King will be eligible to play December 7th against East-West University. Fantastic. Okay, well, let's go to some team kind of superlative uh, okay. over-unders. I've added some new ones this year. Okay. Um Successful home run plays. Oh, good. I set it at one and a half. Oh. Now you're telling me Sheldon's going to dunk five times on home run plays. So no, maybe was... maybe my number is That off. was an exaggeration. Okay, yes. okay. Successful home run plays. Right. And I'm saying successful. It's got to be caught and a basket. A caught and a basket. Not a caught and a Shane Hamming dribble this it around. so exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to be on the call for one of these home run plays. <laughs> Especially the one where you could yell, and this one is over. Yes, uh, yeah. Good. No one will get it. But you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everyone will get it because everyone listens to Union Street Hoops. Okay, we'll, we'll have to go over. I mean, how cool can that root for the home run plays? Now, you saw last year coaches start to... to Brian to, Wardle knows, to, has yes, it figured out, yes. right? He knows He knows it's coming. That, that, that will be um, mentioned in the scouting report uh, by Bradley for sure. And uh, other schools also, but uh, for sure, it's going to be tough to run the home run play against Bradley. Hopefully, you can get a few of those in in the non-conference. Okay, this one was I, I I've gone back and forth whether or not I wanted this to be zero point five because it feels like an easy over, or if I wanted it to be one point five because it would it it would feel like a really tough over. The amount of Valpo players that end up on the first or second team all conference at the end of the season. And I want to be only clear, first or second. First or second, yeah. not third. Yeah, that's hard. So 0.5. Ben Cricky made the third team last year. So, so we're going 0.5? I'm saying oh. 0.5. Over. Okay. Yeah. If I said 1.5, I'd say under. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Now, would I mean the guy who's gonna be on that is last name will probably start with a K, right? Um yeah. Tricky uh, or Kithier. I voted them both. Second team in, in the in the preseason poll, which is that still not out, by the way? I just submitted mine the other day because it was I think they had an issue it was going to spam for everybody. Yes. And yes. I didn't like I got so the they, I got the one that said, How come you haven't submitted this yet? And I responded, How come you haven't sent this yet? Okay. Um so there you go. All um, right, we'll go over point five. I mean that could be Shelton Edwards, as far as I know. Uh but any it could be Kobe King. Uh, somebody's going to be all-conference. Okay, so it could be Kobe King. It could be Thomas Kithier. Sure. Valpo players on the all-newcomer team. Okay. 1.5. That's only a five-man team, right? Yes. Wow, that's brutal. <laughs> um, and you got Kevion Taylor, too. You got Yeah, so a lot of Ks. Kevion, Cricky, 
All right, Kevion, uh, and, and, the king. And, and, and most of the teams in the Valley brought back their high-volume scoring guys, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you look at the preseason all-conference team. And I don't think Donovan yet. Clay uh, is eligible for all-newcomer. And I don't think Donovan Clay is going to have the numbers on that team. That's a whole other uh, conversation. Compared to, compared to the numbers that, like, you know, Tom Skithier is going to have. Yeah. So, I mean, even if Donovan uh, was eligible, um, he would never get a vote over Thomas Kithier. Yeah. Heck, we're going over on the uh, all-newcomer team. 1.5. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's good. I, we're going to go over. Now, Adapa's going to dominate the newcomer team. Yeah. Uh, now, there's also the all-freshman team. Um, okay. And I, I didn't set this one because I, 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 I don't know that any of these freshmen are going to get major minutes in order to to come in and, and be on the all-freshman team. But I guess if I said it, all-freshman 0.5. I would say under. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. Um, okay, a couple of ones that we normally do. Conference win streak, two and a half. Conference losing streak, two and a half. Okay. Uh, Valpo last year won three straight in conference one time and then immediately lost three straight right after. Okay, good. Uh, now, what's interesting about this is obviously we're back to the normal <laughs> schedule yeah. where you get um, – you get a cup. You get like a home game, a, ra- a road game, home game, yeah, a road right, game. Right. And so last year, I think it was a little easier to win three straight because you were playing chunks of games at home. Mm-hmm. And if you were matched up against, say, an Evansville, who was awful, or Illinois State, who was awful, it was probably going to be easier to group that together. Um, I have not actually spent a lot of time looking at the layout of the conference schedule. Um, but do you see three wins in a row? Do you see three losses yeah. in a row? Um, well, three losses in a row. Let's start with that because early on there's a real tough stretch where, where they'll play at Loyola and then home games against Missouri State, Northern Iowa, maybe the two most talented teams in the league. But Valpo losing back-to-back home games, as veteran talented as this team is going to be, probably not. And then you've got a stretch where if there's ever a time to win the three in a row, I think it would come here. You ready? Evansville at home, Indiana State at home. Indiana State clearly is going to be down this year. Yeah. Um, and then between graduation and, and, and you're right. And then at, at Illinois State, uh, that'd be the more difficult. The home games, the home games against Evansville and Indiana State, are, you know, I hate to say for sure wins, but those might be the easiest two games on the on the schedule. And then, so before that, you've got a game at Southern Illinois winnable, and then a game at Illinois State February 9th, winnable. You just need to win one of those two to have a three-game win streak in there. We'll go over. Um, you know I was going to say it before you even asked me, would Valpo win three games in Rowan Conference? Um, I think without question, i, I got to say over. And again, I think you're right that if there was a spot for That's three it. straight losses, it would be at Loyola. Sure. Then, But home again, I think the schedule shakes out a little favorable in terms of, of not having prolonged – um, losses. I, you know, I, I would say that there's another stretch at the end of the year yeah. going to Evansville, which is always a house of horrors right, for Valpo. Right, right. Home against Drake, the region guys yeah. all coming back, and then you end the year at Bradley, which has been a gym that Valpo's never shot well in. Um, I, I think, but all three of those games are at worst 50 50. Yeah. You're, you're more talented than Evansville, you're more talented than Bradley. Yes, they're road games, but when you're the more talented team, chances are you might get one. And I think it's going to be very tough to beat Valpo at the arc, especially late in the season. Sports Center top 10 plays for Valpo this year. Okay. 
0.5. They've been on SportsCenter Top 10 three times in the last two years. Okay. Sheldon Edwards had that one big dunk, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, just by accident, one a year. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and right. and and, right, and also over. and also this is a this is a moment where I can actually say, look, Valpo and this Brandon Vickery, Aaron Levitt, Ron Blatz, Carl Berner, all the people that put together the ESPN broadcasts do an amazing job of of a capturing the home games, right, and mm-hmm. then taking those highlights. Editing them, there's a whole process to get something on SportsCenter yeah. Top Ten. It's a submission process, and Valpo has gotten very Great good it. at that process. Great at so, it, yeah. um, and, and so that's kind of like maybe a little bit of behind how the sausage gets made. But um, uh, I, I'm going to share this with Brandon Vickery because uh, I, I, I think he listens. But I'm going to share this with him that he that the line has been set at zero. The challenge, the challenge has been levied. Yes, I like it. Thanks. Um, finish in the valley, over okay. under five and a half. So, so you, fifth or better. Fifth or better, yes. Yeah, over. We're good. I mean, really? in other words, fifth or better. I'm saying fifth or better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 workshop this a little bit. Um, Loyola. Well, I voted Drake first. Okay. Drake, Loyola, Northern mm-hmm. Iowa, yeah. Missouri State yeah. seem to be the top four. Yeah. Pretty separate tier from everybody else. I think those clearly are looked upon as being the four best teams in the league. I think. Fair enough, yeah. I put Valpo fifth. So did I, yeah. Because I, but I also know that you and I might be about the only people that are going to put Valpo fifth because we know what they've brought in. I will also tell you, I don't know about these guys from Indiana State. I don't know what they mm. brought in. I don't know, um, you know, I, I don't know. I couldn't even name two players on Illinois State's team right now. I think and, I think the the four teams: Evansville, Indiana State, Illinois State, and Bradley. Both look like all four look like it could be a struggle for them. Not because they're maybe not as good as last year, but if they are just as good as last year, and you look at clearly the six teams ahead of them have all improved, except maybe Loyola. Mm-hmm. If you say those six teams have all at least are as good, if not better except Loyola, who went to the Sweet 16 last year, then who are they going to beat? Yeah. Uh, and I think those teams are going to struggle. It's interesting because I know that people have been critical of Valpo, and maybe within reason, but Valpo came in the Valley, and they finished 10th, or, you know, in terms of seeding in the tournament. Okay. 10th, and then 9th, and then 7th, and then 6th. Okay. And so it would assume that, given that, Valpo should finish fifth. Okay, they good, Paul. Like it, yes. All right. All right, fifth, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe better. Yeah. Uh, postseason victory, 0.5. This is not we're, not, we're not talking about Arch Madness. We're talking about postseason victory, yeah, 0.5. Yeah, no, this is a tough one. Always. always a hard one because, I mean, they haven't, they, if if you get to a really good postseason tournament, you're, you're probably taking the measure. under. Yeah. If you get to a joke of a postseason tournament, you probably don't want to be in one of those tournaments. Yeah, because I know. I always say under for the. I just th- think common sense wise says yeah. under under the circumstances. Postseason wins. Yeah. Uh, let's hope I'm wrong, but we'll go under. Last postseason win came in 2015, 16. We got about three minutes left. Uh, wins. I set it at 16 and a half. Over. Is there, I, you didn't even listen to the number that I said. No, and you said I, over. Well, I heard 16 and a half, and I'm looking at. Uh, Let's see, Trinity win, uh, Western Michigan win, East West win, Charlotte at home win, Eastern Michigan win, uh, William and Mary win, Prairie View A&M win. I mean, and then I, I think Valpo at worst, 500 in the league. I mean, 
over, Paul. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Who are we kidding here? Yeah. Uh, so I, if I would have gone 18.5, would that be an easy over for you? Yeah, win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even get to you. You got home games against Toledo UIC. UIC is the revenge game from last year. Uh, God, they, the game was awful. They, they, they go uh, to uh, Nassau, and um, you always get one or two wins there. Valpo's good in those tournaments. Yeah. They played well in those tournaments. I mean, yeah. 16.5. Come on, who are we kidding here? They went 10 and 18 last year. When? <laughs> they went 10 and 18. They, the, the year before that, they were 19 and 15 or whatever because yeah. they've got three wins in the conference tournament. And the two years before that, they Oh, we're not even counting conference tournament. My God. Yeah, yeah way over. <laughs> the two years before that, they won 15 games. You said each. 26 and a half. I may have said over. <laughs> I thought when Paul when when sixteen win. and a half was a you want fair to go through these wins again. No, no, we're fine. We're fine. Stanford win. Uh, all right, couple of tiebreaker questions. Um, okay. Which walk-on scores the most points this year? Oh, Preston. So where where's Preston at? Is Preston uh, five and a half minutes a game guy? Or I mean, he... unless somebody gets injured, he's not going to be a rotational player. Yeah, but but we he, like him. Right? He's going to come in and mop up role. Uh, as far as walk-ons go, uh, he may be right up on par with John Kaiser. Yeah. Um, those teams were super talented when Kaiser came, but not as deep. Yeah. But yeah. Um, attendance. Uh, it was around 2,800 two years ago. Okay. That was the line that we've kind of set it at. I set it at 2,850 here because I think uh, there might be 50 more people that want to get out of the house after COVID. Good. Um, what, uh, Over. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this number could be a little bit higher, Over. too, just Over. Um, given Over. what we've seen. Okay, final tiebreaker question. Okay. The biggest one of the whole season. Okay. And you have to answer this in whatever way that you see fit, but this is a good tiebreaker. Okay. How long will the longest beer snake of the season be at the Ark? You see this at baseball games, these people that can drink alcohol and okay. they drink beer and they okay. stack them up and then they got them, you know, the cups are stacked one top, top of another and they go to the section and they move them around. Have you seen this at all? You know what I'm talking about? No, really. But okay, anyway, fine. Right, so okay. <laughs> Apparently, alcohol will be served at the Ark this year. Yeah, there was alcohol served at the last football game. I wasn't game. at the last football game. I was, uh, I was following in your footsteps in the World Series of Poker. And, yeah. and, uh, and because it didn't go well, now i got to crank out a bunch of these podcasts to pay for my right. life. But, um uh, how how uh, what do you think about this? What do, what do you think? What do you think so about is this, alcohol? Is this, the, is, uh, this, is this is this cups or length? Well, or? that's what I'm saying. I don't even know how they're going to serve the alcohol. I think. I mean, if it's in cups, right? Because like so, if, so let's Field, say it's in cups. So what? So what? What would be? How would it be done? I mean, you you know, all of a sudden, you know, you got a bunch of the fraternity guys that are there. They're pounding beers, and you okay. know, you know, uh, heckling. Uh, Heckling um, the referees, and then they stack on the beer cups on top of so each other. So it's the amount of beer cups. Yeah, the yeah. amount of beer cups that sure. are stacked up together. Yeah, and who's going to keep track of this, Paul? I'm saying this is a tiebreaker question. This is a this. But is... who's going to be the one who go? That was forty cups. I'm not sure. I said answer it however you see fit. Is it going to be five feet long? Is it going to be a foot long? Is it, are they even going to have them? I have no idea. If it's a thing, Paul, they'll have them. <laughs> You're telling me it's a thing. Uh, 27 cups. Okay, good. Let, okay, the challenge was levied to branded victory. You got to 0.5 Sports Center top yeah. tens. The challenge has been levied to the student section. Yeah. 27 
cups of beer. The five size. Uh, get working on that. Yeah, yeah. right. 27. I'll pass that along to the powers that be. Very good, Todd. A couple of weeks from now, the first exhibition game. We're looking forward to hearing you on the Valpo Sports Radio Network, on ESPN3, ESPN Plus, and, and all of those things. Thank you for joining Go us. Go Beacons. Go Beacons. Hey, we'll talk about that next time. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Union Street Hoops, we're, we're working on some big guests. We're hoping to, to have some more good, fun season preview stuff. But as always, we're grateful to Todd for coming out for what is my favorite annual episode of Union Street Hoops. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll-